I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you miss us here on a Friday? Well, it's time to start your weekend off correctly once more. Forget the FPL deadline, forget the Premier League games coming up, forget the days of social media wall-to-wall. Football coverage, this is the Barclays. We're covering the Premier League from its inception to the current day, month by month. I am Jake from What If Football, and this is Season 2 of the Barclays, Episode 1, where we'll be looking at August and September of 1993. Let's get stuck straight in, shall we? And a little reminder that if you are enjoying podcasts like these, please feel free to head over to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash what if football for bonus podcasts five days a week from just one pound a month. Of course, here on the Sports Social Podcast Network, we are here three days a week. Ranked Naughty Nostalgia Podcast. And for the upcoming five weeks, we'll be looking at the 1993-1994 Barclays Premier League season. So without further ado, let's look at the some of the changes that have been made to the Premier League in the personnel over the past sort of few months since the last time we were here in the Premier League. So Blackburn Rovers, the title push is properly on now. They've emptied their pockets out considerably once more. David Batty's coming from Leeds for £3.4 million. Tim Flowers has been signed for South, from Southampton for £3.4 million. Paul Warhurst from Sheffield Wednesday for £3.3 million. But obviously the biggest uh, incoming for Blackburn will be the return of Alan Shearer from injury, which we'll see more so next week. Um, but uh, Blackburn will be there or thereabouts again, you've got to say. Liverpool 
they were busy in the transfer market as well. Graham Souness looking to make even more changes, even more radical changes to the Liverpool lineup, spending huge money for the time. Of course, we are still in 1993. Let's not forget um, a, a time period where I couldn't speak because I was only a Ben. Anyway, Neil Ruddock um, was coming in from Spurs for 3.7 million. Nigel Clough came in from uh, recent rele- recently relegated Nottingham Forest for 2.4 million and Julian Dix from West Ham for £2 million. And Newcastle United were the were the new Blackburn Rovers, really, aren't they? Now the newly promoted club flashing the cash like Blackburn Rovers did. Uh, Rule Fox would come in from Norwich uh, some way into the season as he still plays um, the early part of the season for Norwich. That's for £2.25 million. And Peter Beardsley returns home from Everton for £1.5 million. A bit of experience in there alongside what is a, a young frontlining, a certain Andy Cole, which we'll get onto later. Sheffield Wednesday were splashing the cash as well, to be fair. Andy Sinton coming from QPR for £3 million. Meanwhile, Des Walker returned to England, coming in from Sampdoria for £2.7 million. Chelsea signed the likes of Gavin Peacock from Newcastle and Max Dane from Stoke, both for £3 million combined there. But the uh, the biggest transfer fee of the summer was Roy Keane, a British record fee there coming from Nottingham Forrester a relegation release clause, so to speak, that he had in his contract there, signing from Forrest to go to Manchester United. Brian Dean, um, hoping to bring Leeds their first Premier League away win. Yes, we're still hyping that old uh, narrative up and uh, Brian Dean should be able to help with that Premier League away win you'd expect coming in from Sheffield United for £3.9 million. Unfortunately for David Rowcastle, it didn't work at Leeds. He's off to uh, Manchester City here. £2.15 million there. Played uh, just 25 out of the available 42 Premier League games a season prior and hopes to get his uh, career back on track after a couple of moves um, in successive seasons now from Arsenal and then to Leeds. Andy Townsend, um, he comes in from Chelsea to Villa. A goal scorer is probably the last thing that Villa need with the form of Daley Atkinson and Dean Saunders from the previous season. But he comes in for two million as Ron Atkinson looks to push Villa over the edge to uh, challenge for that Premier League title once more. Jason Dazelle comes in from Ipswich to Spurs for 2.1 million. We've also got the signings of Eddie McGoldrick from Palace to Arsenal for a, a million pounds. Graham Stewart from Chelsea to Everton for a million pounds as well. And Uwe Rosler comes in from Nuremberg to Manchester City for, for, for just 900 grand. So the new teams, we saw plenty, We saw three teams relegated. We saw the likes of it, uh, Middlesbrough and um, Crystal Palace, Forest go down. In their place, we've got West Ham, who uh, came up in second place with 88 points, Newcastle with Sir John Hall's money and uh, Kevin Keegan's managerial expertise on 96 points, winning the the first division there um, via the playoffs. Swindon Town finally, finally promoted to the uh, to the Premier League after, of course, they were bad a few years prior. They won the playoff final against Leicester City. Leicester City will be seeing more of shortly, of course, in this um, in this series that we do on Fridays. Managerial changes were awash in the uh, summer of 1993. Ozzy Ardiles was in the dugout with um, Terry Venable's long-standing court case over Spurs, um, finally over um, in September 93. Swindon Town lost their manager, Glenn Hoddle, who got them up to the top flight. He was signed by Chelsea and um, with Dave Webb's caretaker spell firmly over at Stamford Bridge. John Gorman, meanwhile, at Swindon, succeeded Glenn Hoddle. 
and Ipswich John Lyle was promoted from manager to director of football with um, Mick McGiven then promoted to manager which we'll see more on that um, later on in the season and just a few games into the season Peter Reid was sacked by Manchester City with uh, with Brian Horton quickly succeeding him in late August so now we've got all the admin out of the way, all the transfers, all the managerial changes, all the new clubs that were welcoming into the Premier League for their first ever season in the Premier League. Let's have a look at some matches, shall we? So it started all off with Norwich versus Manchester City, two of the previous season's title challenges. And Man United took the three points away from Carrow Road, a corner scrum falling to Ryan Giggs, who thrashes one into the bottom corner. Brian Robson now in his in his final season at Manchester United bags a goal to um, a perfect start to, to be fair for Man United beating one of the bigger teams or the, the you know the best performing teams of the previous season away from home. Meanwhile at Anfield it was a superb debut for Nigel Clough making his debut scoring two goals. The first was an absolute thunderbolt in off the bar, one of the goals of the season. This thus far obviously being the first weekend of the season will probably remain one of the uh, goals of the season by the end of this uh, few weeks where we look at this season. The biggest shock came at Highbury. Arsenal, the League Cup holders, the FA Cup holders from the previous season, lost 3-0 at home to Coventry City. Mickey Quinn bagging a hat-trick Coventry. We'll enjoy quite the uh, the week this week in the uh, Barclays. Aston Villa hit QPR for four, got off to a perfect start. Daly and Atkinson still in the goal, still scoring a double. Meanwhile, Mike Newell got a late winner at Stamford Bridge and with Alan Shearer to come back soon. Potential title challenges in the making, perhaps. And around the grounds, it was still no away win for Leeds, of course. I've had that up to now 22 away games now in the in the first season and a bit of the Premier League. Let's keep track of them, shall we? They drew 1-1 to Manchester City. But it ultimately was a weekend of away wins. Spurs at newly promoted Newcastle, Ipswich at Oldham in a battle between two potential relegation candidates, as well as Everton at Southampton and Wimbledon at another newly promoted club, West Ham. Swindon were an outlier like Leeds. Um, the third promoted club, they didn't win away. Instead, they got thumped 3-1 by Sheffield United. So that means all three promoter clubs um, were beaten. So we move on to the weekend, the midweek fixtures, North London derby. What a time for a North London derby. Second game in first week of the season still. Ian Wright heading in from a corner. Second ball scores the winner in the second half and Arsenal are now back on track after what was kind of an embarrassing start to the season really. Meanwhile, Man United coasted to a, a first win of the season. Roy Keane scoring his first goals in a, a simple win against Sheffield United. And a game, Norwich's start to the season, very, very difficult. Then they travelled after losing to Man United, travelled to Ewood Park, two of last season's title contenders. Mark Atkins put Rovers 1-0 up quickly, but the game was quickly quelled by a Chris Sutton double, which helps Norwich to recover from um, from that first day defeat. Meanwhile, Blackburn, again, on three points like Norwich, will be uh, <laughs> praying for the return of Alan Shearer. QPR's leaky defence continued to gush out as Liverpool's strong start to the season continues. Nigel Clough in the goals and, as ever, so was Ian Rush. And around the grounds, Everton made it two wins from two at home to Man City, as did Ipswich at home to Southampton and Coventry at home to newly promoted Newcastle. Sheffield Wednesday and Aston Villa shared the points, whilst Wimbledon's, un Wimbledon's unbeaten start to the season continued at home to Chelsea in a 1-1 draw and Leeds. As they did the previous season, won at home, didn't win away. They snatched the points at home to West Ham in a 1-0 win, courtesy of a Gary Speed winner. The following week, Everton 
were in the goals like their Merseyside rivals, Tony Cotty, scoring a couple of goals at home to Sheffield United, their goals, sending Everton to the top of the table to the time being only until Super Sunday when a rampant Liverpool put five beyond Swindon. And uh, they regained top spots, um, an absolute batter in here. Steve McManaman at the double, Liverpool looking really fluid in front of goal, Swindon. More so looking like um, deer in the headlights, the Premier League headlights here. Uh, Man United were uh, dropping their first points of the season, whilst Newcastle picked up their first point. A 1-1 draw at Old Trafford, a 1-1 draw there. Meanwhile, Leeds got thumped 4-0 at home, though this time Norwich really clicking into gear after that opening day defeat. More goals from Chris Sutton, of course, a double from Rule Fox. And um, Norwich looking pretty good after their opening day blip. Around the ground, zips which perfect start continued a 1-0 win at home to Chelsea, whilst QPR finally got on the board with a 2-1 victory at home to Southampton in a repeat of the League Cup and FA Cup finals from earlier on in the year. Arsenal had Sheffield Wednesday's number again, making it 3-3 three from three this time at Hillsborough, of course. Elsewhere, a win for Blackburn over Oldham in a Lancashire derby. There was Spurs beating Man City 1-0 and the points were shared between Coventry and West Ham and <laughs> Coventry's unbeaten run continuing. Wimbledon and Aston Villa as well. Wimbledon's unbeaten run continuing. Whose will end? We'll find out shortly. Uh, Manchester United and Aston Villa met in uh, to be fair, the match of the season so far. Ron Atkinson stumbling, though, against his former club again. Lee Sharp scored a bit of a shuffle afterwards as they opened the scoring at Villa Park. But as ever, Daly Atkinson was in the goals, netting the equaliser. Both sides, in an attempt to get the winning goal, struck the post and um, Giggs hitting the inside of the post agonisingly. But Lee Sharp would add his second goal on the counter-attack and Man United rose to the top of the table with a 2-1 win. And with it being a Leeds match away from home, they travelled to Highbury. And of course, yes, as you know now, if you've been listening to this show, they didn't win away Paul Merson scoring the winning goal there. And there was a cracker at Boundary Park between Oldham and Coventry City. Coventry salvaging their unbeaten record in the second half, even despite going 3-1 down to an Oldham side, still admittedly without a win. Tottenham won at Anfield as well. Teddy Sheringham double-killed Liverpool's fantastic start to the season. They drop out of top position to Manchester United, of course, although Nigel Clough was still in the goals once more. Blackburn won again this time at Main Road, whilst Newcastle picked up a victory at home to Everton. Swindon were hit for five at the Dell, their torrid start continuing, while Sheffield United and Chelsea both netted home wins over Wimbledon and QPR, respectively. Coventry City's unbeaten run continued the following week because, of course, it is just about hanging by a thread here. They needed another late, late, late equaliser on Friday night to stop Manchester City in their tracks at Main Road. The following day, Lee Liverpool beats, of course, Leeds at home. So no away win for Leeds. Still, Ian Rush scoring the first goal there, which was, it turned out, his 200th league goal for Liverpool. At the Dell on the south coast, Eric Cantona was in the goals again in a 3-1 win to put the pressure on the rest of the chasing pack. But keeping pace with them, Liverpool, yes, as well. But Ian Wright and Arsenal beating Everton 2-0. Everton dropping a bit back there after a promising start there, really. Ian Wright's double... 
keeping pace with United for the time being. Around the grounds, points were shared at Stamford Bridge between Chelsea and Wednesday, Boundary Park between Oldham and Wimbledon, St James's Park between Newcastle and Blackburn, and Bramall Lane between Sheffield United and Ipswich in, to be fair, a sea of 1-1 draws. In and amongst that, Ron Atkinson's Villa ground out a 1-0 win, whilst QPR thumped newly promoted West Ham for four and of course. QPR winning means Les Ferdinand scores, scoring two two goals in that one from the man up front. The following week, Sheffield Wednesday and Norwich drew 3-3 Wednesday, still without a win, but they did go 3-0 up. Only for Norwich to score three without reply in the second half. To earn a point, Manchester United went top with a 3-0 win over newly promoted Ipswich in one of those games around this period, which is more of a coasting for United at Old Trafford and Leeds United got a well, well-needed 1-0 win at home to winless Oldham. Gordon Strachan with a goal that sticks absolutely beautifully in the corner stanchion there. Um, a fantastic goal. And Coventry playing Liverpool at home. That unbeaten run keeps going. Phil Babb scored the winning goal against his future employers, although we're still in 1993 with our spectacles on here. And um, what a fantastic start Coventry are making. And um, around the grounds, we've got Villa scraping by with another superb 1-0 win, this time at Goodison Park. Whilst Newcastle and Arsenal drew away at Portman Road and Ewood Park, respectively, QPR got um, another win at home to Sheffield United, whilst Swindon's misery was heaped on this time by Manchester City in a 3-1 home defeat. And it finally came, what are we, nearly... put it about four hours into this series, Leeds United... Finally, finally gets the away win. It comes at the Dell, a 2-0 victory. I can finally move on. Leeds United have finally got an away win and um, it won't be the last this episode. (laughs) And uh, Chelsea and Manchester United met in a 1-0 win for Chelsea in a game that truly, though, was never, never a 1-0 win. Tony Cascarino was denied by a superb Gary Pallister uh, clearance off the line. Eric Cantona denied by the crossbar from 40 yards out. Um, But in the end, it was a Peter Schmeichel error that gave Chelsea the win and Manchester United's first loss of the season. Meanwhile, Arsenal heaped that pressure on going level with United. Kevin Campbell in the goals um, at Highbury in a 4-0 win over Ipswich. Campbell scoring three of those. Meanwhile, Liverpool faltered. Blackburn going back to winning ways at Anfield despite Bruce Grobbler being in absolutely tremendous form, really. But in the end, it was his um, failure to come for a corner that ended up with uh, Mike Newell scoring on the half volley from a corner, which... uh, Went in the second half, pictures of Kenny Dalglish celebrating at his uh, former stomping ground. There were bizarre kits on display at St James's Park, a much unrecognisable St James's Park. Obviously, this is before the redevelopment here. Um, both in away kits, Sheffield Wednesday in a nice little white and yellow number, Newcastle all in blue. Absolute roller coaster of a game. Andy Cole scored his first goal, then Andy Sinton scores a double. Chris Waddle was an imperious form here. Um, but Andy Cole would equalise. Mackey hits the third on his debut and Newcastle saunter in the end to a 4-2 win. And around the grounds, there's no goals at Villa Park or Upton Park either in matches between Villa and Coventry. Still unbeaten and West Ham and Swindon, while Sheffield United and Spurs shed the spoils 2-2. Man City stuck three beyond a hapless QPR, whilst Wimbledon and Everton scraped away wins at Norwich and Oldham respectively. And Everton would keep up that form. We got the first Merseyside derby. In mid-September, Mac Ward funders one in and this was the game where Steve McManaman and Bruce Grubler were absolutely battering each other, fists 
palms in the face fighting after that first goal. You may remember that's probably one of the, probably the highlight of this uh, almost memorable thing of this week. Uh, we're doing that segment early here. And um, Tony Scott, he scores an absolutely wonderful second goal. Nutmegs a defender, goes through Bruce Grabelar and stuck tucks it away to confirm that Merseyside derby. And to be fair, another memorable moment comes in this weekend as well. Manchester United beating Arsenal 1-0. Um, a couple of sitters missed by United, but before one of Eric Cantona's superb goals, free kick arrowed into the top corner. You may remember the the cast-wielding uh, celebration on his wrist there and running towards the uh, what is now known as Sir Alex Ferguson stand. And... Uh, Going absolutely crazy after that. Um, it was a goal. It was a winning goal to take Manchester United top. Um, and just when Blackburn could have gone top, they returned to mediocrity, losing 2-0 at home to West Ham. Newly promoted West Ham. Uh, West Ham scored a bizarre first goal as well. A superb header though for the second. In uh, To be fair, he deserved Hammer's win. And um, down at Highfield Road, that unbeaten streak just keeps on chugging, doesn't it? It just won't go away. A 1-1 draw this time at home to Chelsea. So Coventry have played. They've played some good teams here. And um, yeah, they're unbeaten so far, so far. Around the grounds, Villa's away form continued to dazzle with a 2-1 win. At uh, Ipswich, Leeds won a Yorkshire derby against Sheffield United 2-1, whilst the Blades' neighbours won at home to Southampton Wednesday, that is, of course. The newly promoted Swindon and Newcastle shared the spoils 2-2 Swindon, of course. Still winless, we might keep tabs on that one. And um, QPR and Norwich did the same by the same scoreline, 2-2. Elsewhere, there were home wins for Tottenham, sticking five beyond Oldham and Wimbledon against Manchester City. And all good things, they have to come to an end, don't they? And unfortunately, unfortunately, in the final weekend of September, they did so. Highfield Road, Coventry versus Leeds. And again, like London buses, you wait a season and a bit for an away win, and then you win two games on the spin. Leeds taking this 1-0. It's a funny old game, isn't it? Um, but we have to bid our respects for the end of Coventry City's unbeaten run. And with this loss, they dropped from third all the way down to mid-table, which will, of course, after this little bit, we'll uh, be looking at the league table and see where we go from here in terms of uh, the rest of the season. See who will challenge, who might challenge, who is going to be in a sticky bit of trouble here. And uh, Everton got absolutely smashed for five at home to Norwich as well. Norwich fell behind early, but then... Then they would absolutely batter them. Effen Okoku in the goals, four of them to be exact. Absolutely wonderful display from Norwich there as they uh, climb the league table. Manchester United thumped Schwinden. Schwinden sh shipping four more goals here and there on the way to becoming the absolute worst defence ever in the Premier League out there. I'd say already at a minus 16 goal difference. Slightly made better here with two late goals in a in a damning display again. Around the grounds, there were draws played out between Blackburn and Sheffield Wednesday, Oldham and Villa, Wimbledon and QPR, and Ipswich and Tottenham, and there was an invaluable away win for Man City to lift them into mid-table. Arsenal won at home to Southampton to keep the heat on Man United, whilst Chelsea leapfrogged Liverpool with a 1-0 win at home, Newcastle leapfrogging both, Andy Cole at the double, of course he was, the 22-year-old, against a 10-man West Ham. And that is all nine match days reviewed, gone through, nostalgicised, if that's a word. It isn't. Um, so after the short break, we'll run down the league table and have um, have a few predictions on who's going to win the title, who's going to struggle. And um, this is mental 20 years later, obviously, 28 years later, obviously, but uh, we're going to do it. <laughs> 
Bienvenue, welcome back. We are going to check out the league table now. So at the top of the table, remember all nine, all teams have played nine games. Manchester United at the top with 22 points and making, aside from a couple of blips here and there, a point at, um, at Newcastle, a loss at Stamford Bridge. They look as though they are firmly in pole position to, um, to win the league title again. And it would be the first team to retain the title since, of course, Liverpool in the late 80s. Arsenal are hot on their trails with, with 19 points, although they do seem to have an absolutely horror show in them. For example, obviously the opening day against um, Coventry. I wouldn't be too surprised if they sort of levelled out to about 6th or 7th or 8th. I genuinely can't remember what position they finished in, in this season, so I'm, that's a genuine prediction. <laughs> Before anyone has a pop, Aston Villa, though, I think I'm probably a bit more settled than Arsenal. They've got, um, obviously, Arsenal have got Ian Wright. Um, Arsenal, Aston Villa have got Daley Atkins and Dean Saunders, Andy Townsend. They've got a whole host of uh, attacking talent there who were very good at um, bagging wins against the smaller clubs. And their away form has been fantastic in this opening episode here. Um, 16 points there on alongside the likes of Wimbledon and Leeds. Wimbledon, kind of a shock, really. Um, not really, they've gone very under the radar for me, at least, um, in this first episode. They'll probably probably level out about mid-table. Leeds, though, look a lot better than the um, previous season, of course, with those two away wins counting counting for um, six points um, towards that 10-point tally. Obviously, a couple of draws thrown in there away from home. Their away form's a lot better than the previous season, so I think they finished quite badly last season. I think they were around 17th or 18th, weren't they? So we're looking probably... Maybe a top half finish for Leeds if they can sort of get their act together there and be a bit more consistent. Norwich started off badly with the loss to Man United there on 15 points, but Tavern um, evened out a little bit. That sixth place is probably around where they'll finish, maybe unless um, unless there's a little bump in the road during mid uh, mid season. But uh, we'll we'll get to that, won't we? Spurs look a lot better under Aussie Ardiles. 15 points from from nine games. Blackburn still recovering from Alan Shearer's injury, but he's back in the squad now. They're on 15 points as well. Alongside Everton, who's, to be fair, their strong start to the season has kind of fizzled out a little bit. And now they're probably at their inconsistent best, which we'll probably see for the remainder of the season. Well, uh, of course, I, I do know where they finish off the top of my head. But um, looking from October the 1st, 1993, which we, of course, for this half hour we are situated in, you'd probably hazard a guess that Everton would probably finish around 14th, 15th place, wouldn't you? Um, Coventry, unfortunately, that undefeated run came to an end. This, obviously, the top half of the table is highly congested here. 14 points they had with that win against Leeds. If they'd have won it, they'd have been in third place just behind Arsenal and Man United. And that, that, this first episode, they've probably deserved that. But unfortunately, they slipped down to 14 points and in 10th place now. So they're probably looking at, yeah, again, like Everton, they'll probably now turn into this inconsistent team. Again, I don't know that Coventry's final position. All I know is they are incredibly good at surviving, incredibly good at just merely existing in the bottom half of the table. So I'm going to go for a um, probably around 14th, 14th to 17th. That's usually Coventry's wheelhouse, isn't it? And uh, we've got Newcastle, 13 points from nine games. A bit of a slow start to the season. Obviously, that's adapting to the Premier League. Kevin Keegan adapting to the Premier League as a manager. They've got a young team in there. You've got Andy Cole in there, bagging the goals already. And they can only get better. And I think we'll be looking at um, top six, top seven, top eight for them this season. And of course, 
will um, only get better in terms of title challenging, as we know. And uh, Chelsea are 12th on 13 points. Liverpool are 13th on 12 points. And similar stats to the season there, although Liverpool Liverpool got off to the races incredibly well, scoring goals left, right and centre. Had a superb start to the season. Has since fizzled out, yeah. Um, but um, if they can arrest this slide, they'll be no doubt joining the likes of Liverpool on the up as the likes of you know, Wimbledon, Coventry, Everton, in, inevitably sort of sink down into mid-table. You, you you get the impression that the likes of Newcastle, Chelsea, Liverpool will all will all sort of rise into that top half positions where, the, where that's sort of, sort of supposed to be really. Um, Ipswich, 12 points from nine games. So despite Liverpool being so spectacular, Ipswich on the same amount of points as them from the same amount of games, of course, 14, 14th they are. Um, Ipswich and of one of these teams like, probably destined to be in the lower reaches of the division probably will survive probably got enough to survive there you'd think Manchester City and QPR likewise 11 points apiece there Man City have got a decent enough attack Niall Quinn QPR got Les Ferdinand so if you've got Les Ferdinand on your team you probably can't go down can you really um, although quite a disappointing start to the season off QPR um, as a you know judging by last season they had a very good season you'd expect them to level out into that mid-table for the, for the other teams, though, you've got Sheffield United on eight points, West Ham on eight points. Um, promising enough start from West Ham, but um, you did think they'd probably get a little bit better um, in terms of, you know, start to a season. You can either have a really good bounce and be towards the top of the table, as we're seeing currently or in 2021, or you just sink instantly and then sort of incrementally get a bit better and it's always a struggle. So that's how it usually goes in the Premier League. For me, anyway, that so Newcastle are one of these like Brentford in 2021 West Ham like a Watford aren't they um, current day Watford um, they'll probably unlike Watford I think in, in this season although that's you know we, we don't know that yet um, probably level out to probably about where they are now 18th so probably about a fair, fair start for West Ham to their Premier League life Sheffield United I think could struggle obviously not got that um New promotion bounce um, they're in for a struggling season Sheffield Wednesday I think will finish above them um, I just think they've got a bit more talent about them up front. Chris Waddles looks superb so far and um, got a good front line. And then you've got your next three teams who are in the relegations are now and probably for me will finish in the bottom three, although I think we know Southampton do survive in the end. But Oldham have got six points. That's going to be a bloody struggle to get out of that. Southampton and Swindon both on three. Swindon have had an absolutely cataclysmic start to the season. Still not won. Um, on three points, leaky defence to say the absolute least. Um, Southampton still without a win as well. And um, it's going to be a tough old season for those three, but I pick, not knowing the exact three off the top of my head, I'd pick Southampton to escape, Q, not QPR, Sheffield United to go down. Um, but that remains to be seen, doesn't it? Of course, memories as we uh, discussed, a big fight between Grobelar and... Uh, and um, and McManaman there, the Eric Cantona goal against Arsenal, both live long in the memory. In terms of player of the week, you could say Chris Waddle, you could say Andy Cole as well. Andy Cole had a fantastic start to the uh, season. Chris Sutton's been banging in the goals as well. Eric Cantona has has likewise. And um, I'm probably going to go for Andy Cole because he's, he's probably going to be up for this award numerous times throughout the uh, throughout the season. In terms of games of the week, probably if you have chance, pick out the highlights of Aston Villa versus Man United 2-1 there also Man United versus Chelsea which is 1-0 good game Merseyside derby of course you have to go back and watch the Merseyside derby fantastic game that was you've got um, Oldham 3-3 Coventry that was a 
that was a decent enough game and uh, one that I would recommend. But we'll be back next week with October and November of 1993 in the Barclays, the second season of the Barclays here. But until then, thank you for listening and silly. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.